Double fuck, dude. Damn it. Oh man, you're way back here too. Yeah, cause that I got fucked. You you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, you got That's it. That's me, dude. What the fuck? No! Are you kidding me? <laughs> fuck you. Hello. Fuck this guy. Fuck I take the review it again. I <laughs> take it back. Again. Fuck, oh. <laughs> this game sucks my donkey balls. <laughs> update, update number 49. Fuck this game. I hope you're all dead. <laughs> take, take out those bouncy things. Oh, I swear to God. Take those out of the fucking game. Or I've never played it again. I know where you live. I've looked it up. <laughs> She'd be like, Susan, I know you get Chick-fil-A every Tuesday. <laughs> I've been working on that Chick-fil-A for six months. <laughs> I overheard you talking about making this game. And yeah. I do Uber in my spare time, so I'm always around. Welcome to another episode of Dick's Talk Flicks. My name is Greg, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man who may or may not be the hairy wild man running around your neighborhood during the full moon. <laughs> Billy, how you doing? I'm good, man. And, uh, way to let my secret out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no hard evidence, one way or another, for that. Well, we are on the cusp of spooky season as of this recording, and, uh, what better way to bring that season in than with a, a romantic horror jaunt from the 1990s? This week, we'll be discussing Wolf, a movie starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. And Billy, when I told you that we were doing this movie, you said that you used to watch this a lot as a kid. Did that <laughs> spark any dead neurons? Did it bring back any, any hidden memories from the, the cobweb-filled cellar of your mind? It did. When I think back on it, though, I only remembered one scene. And mm. I remember even thinking while I was watching it, I was like, wait, when does that one scene happen? Because this movie's going on forever. But I think it, I think it might be the same scene that uh, made me want to watch this movie. This movie is recommended by uh, my friend, who uh, he and his wife listen to this podcast sometimes. So if you guys are listening to it, this one's for you guys. But <laughs> yeah, he, he told me about... Uh, the the one scene in the in the bathroom, if that's the one you're thinking of. It's not, but I remember uh, that one now too. Mm-hmm. But there there was a memory actually uh, pertaining to this movie. I was homesick for an entire week, 
and this is like elementary school but i remember i was faking like four out of those five days though (laughs) (laughs) i just didn't want to go and then i remember mom came home and i and i was like oh god so i had to like act sick on the couch i acted like i just woke up and i was like oh i'm so sick and on Uh the tv was this movie Uh uh-huh and I was like, oh, this is my favorite movie. I love this movie. To change the subject real quick so she wouldn't ask too much about it. Uh, and then I had to sit there and watch Wolf and act sick <laughs> <laughs> with mom for like the next hour. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, without any further ado, if we don't have anything else to add, let's just get right into it. Let's do it. So, the credits roll in with some ominous music and fog. We see some jaws clamping down and they form the the W in Wolf. The movie is just called Wolf. There's actually two other movies, one that came before this and one that came after this that I think are also both werewolf movies, but this is the only one with Jack Nicholson in it, so it's the only (laughs) one that really matters to me, at least. It's a full moon's night as we pan down to a snowy wilderness and a lonesome car heading down the road. We see that Jack Nicholson is driving in this old beat-up jalopy he's got. And he's uh, trying to wipe the, the, the windshield because it keeps fogging up. It reminds me of, uh, I've done this plenty of times and I'm sure lots of other people have too. A few years ago, I used to drive a, a 2004 Ford Ranger. And uh, of course, one of the first things that goes out when cars start to die is uh, the heating and air. Yeah. And so... There was one time I uh, I had to drive to a, a community college class, and I I decided to wait for whatever reason because my dumbass just didn't think about it. I I remember when I went outside, I was surprised that it was snowing. If I had just looked out the window, I would have known. But my car was all fogged up and had ice all over it and shit, of course. And it was blowing outside. It wasn't like a a snowstorm or anything like that, but there was snow in the air and it was just blowing all over the place. So I didn't have time to wait for the truck to heat up. So I I just rolled down the window and stuck my head out and drove all the way there. Dude, I have the exact same story, man. Go for I it. was I was leaving my ex-girlfriend's house in high school, I don't know what grade. And same thing, I went outside and I was like, fuck. And it was already like 10 o'clock on a school day or something. I didn't have time to wait around. Right. So I just shoved my head out the window and drove all the way home <laughs> from like 370. All the way to La Vista, man. Yeah. Good guess. Yeah, definitely not something... Nobody's got time for that. But that's <laughs> definitely not something I would recommend doing no. on the regular, at least. Because something like uh, what happens in this movie might happen to you. Because as he's wiping off the, the fog from the windshield, he runs over a black wolf. And it's one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. Because uh, 
this and one other scene, they uh, they use a, a real animal and then a, a, a fake dummy and then animatronic. Yeah. In this case, they show a fake wolf in the middle of the road reacting to the car coming up. And then when he runs it over, it's very clearly just a stuffed dummy because its <laughs> legs are completely stiff. And it just rolls over the car. <laughs> Dude, I swear they stole the puppet from NeverEnding Story or something. It, the face yeah. looks exactly like it. Just nicer. Maybe. But he gets out of the car and he's he's all distraught by this. He can't believe he just ran over an animal. It's writhing and, and squirming a bit as he's coming up to it, but then once he gets close, it's it's just laying dead in the road. He pokes it with the stick, and then as he's looking away to cry, it opens its eye all sneakily, like, like almost as if this wolf knows what it's doing. <laughs> yeah. And then he tries dragging it up the road by just, like, picking it up by one paw and just, like, <laughs> dragging it away. But, of course, it, it wakes up and bites him on the hand. When it runs off, we see that there's a bunch of wolves gathered around in the in the forest around him, and shit, man, if I was in that situation, I would fucking shit myself, but... It's like the worst CGI yeah, on true. the planet, dude, it's so terrible. <laughs> like, there's like two puppets in the crowd, and the rest are these really bad uh, WB quality <laughs> <laughs> CGI. Cutting edge for the... 1994. This, yeah, I guess. The, I don't think so the, bad. <laughs> those look like real wolves to people <laughs> like that. Sure. He freaks out, though, of course, naturally. And he runs back to his car and drives off. As he zooms away, we zoom in on the wolf's face, and like you said, it's it's the animatronic from the uh, never-ending story. <laughs> it has very human-looking facial features, if that makes any sense, despite it being a wolf. And it's looking all, like, sneaky, like it's wringing its hands, like, <laughs> yeah, I got that guy. <laughs> well, we cut, and he's at home, apparently, and is just in the bathroom with his wife. She's asking from the shower how his trip to Vermont went and how he closed up the deal. And Jack, at this point in the movie, is just so distraught. He's an old man, and he's very tired and depressed, <laughs> he's... Telling her that he, he did it the old-fashioned way by just begging them to, to sign the contract. What time did you get back from Vermont? You don't want to know. Was it worth it? Did he sign the contract? Yes. You're a genius. How did you do it? I did it the old-fashioned way. What do you mean? I begged. And the next day he comes into work, he's all haggard still. He's barely awake at all, and he's can't even muster the the emotion to just say anything. He comes in and he asks his secretary about a doctor's appointment, and she wasn't even aware that he made a doctor's appointment. So he's just like, oh, well, "Okay." This building, by the way, is awesome. Oh that yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it's all like wood. It's like the inside of an old clock or something. It's cool as shit. Yeah, they have this huge atrium that's all. Uh, not cinder block, but like marble and stuff. And there's all kinds of like statues and stuff all over the place. It's super yeah. cool. And his little buddy in his office is Niles from Frasier. I don't know if anyone in this will oh. get that reference, but I loved that show growing up. That's awesome. Well, his secretary calls the doctor, and thankfully the doc has time to see him before noon. His coworker, the Frasier guy, uh, I think his character's name is Roy in the movie, so I'm just going to call him Roy. Roy's telling him that their boss is inviting everybody from the office out to a party at his mansion. And Roy has a sneaking suspicion that it's because he's doing it so that he can discreetly fire people, specifically Jack. 
both his coworkers, Roy and the secretary, say that they'll quit if Jack gets fired. And Jack is just like, no, you guys can't do that. You're relying on this job, and it doesn't mean that much to me. So you guys keep on, and I'll figure something out. Jack's job, by the way, is he's currently, at least, the, the chief editor at a publishing company. And so he meets up with a, a writer named Maud, and they find out that there's another editor who wants to work on her book or something like that. She wants out of the contract because they're making her do all this stupid shit. She doesn't want to write another book. And so she's joking about how she's just going to write a bunch of food articles or something like that and turn it in. But they meet up with another editor named Stuart, and he's a total kiss-ass. When he sees Maude, he's telling her how amazing she is and how he wanted to be a writer until he saw her work, and then he quit because he knew he could never be as good as her. But then Jack gets into his office and is just telling him off and like, yeah, okay, like you're you're just a manipulator, like you're you're kind of a wormy guy. And Stuart, he's uh, tries to get on Jack's good side by saying like, oh, we're friends, right? Like, I if you get fired, I'll quit too, of course. But no, right? Did you see Jack has a framed picture of David Blaine on his desk? Really? Yeah, it's it's like a like a. Uh... Like a like a romantic looking picture, and it's it faces the crowd though. It doesn't face Jacks. It's it's super fucking bizarre. <laughs> it shows a lot of like weird Easter eggs and stuff in this movie. Yeah, the, the offices are super cluttered and so. Stewart, by the way, is a young James Spader, that fucking badass yeah. actor that everyone seems to hate. He's awesome in this movie, man. He's he's great. What else is he been? James, you would know if you saw him. He was Ultron. You remember him? Uh, he, I think he did the voice of him at least. He's currently in Blacklist. He was he was in The Office, if you ever seen it. Oh, I guess you didn't. He was on Stargate. He was Dr. Daniel Jackson. Dude, he's in a lot of stuff, trust me. But he's an old actor, you know what I mean? So she he doesn't you. look like this now. He was a stud back then. Now he's bald and kind of like a like a toe. But <laughs> He was in Stargate, apparently. Oh, yeah, is he, he the scientist? Like said, Dr. Daniel. Yeah. Oh, nice, he, nice. He's young and sexy back then, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> After a ton talking with Dr. Daniel, uh, Jack goes to the doctor, and he's getting a rabies shot, of course. And the doctor, he's telling a story about a, a, a woman who was bit on the ass by a raccoon, and a, a boy who got bit by a snake and got brain damage. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. why, why would you tell a patient this? <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> a wolf in Vermont. I don't think so, Will. You weren't there, Will. Sure, it wasn't a husky or a German shepherd. I mean, after all, it was night, wasn't it? It was dark out. Full moon. And to answer your question, it was a wolf. I was staring straight at it. You don't confuse a dog with a wolf. I see. Whatever you say. You know, it's funny. This isn't the first rabies shot I've given in the last few months. My wife's sister-in-law up in Oneonta. A raccoon chased her up on her porch and bit her in the ass. Last summer, the son of a friend of mine sustained brain damage from a snake bite. This kid was just sitting in front of his pool, and the next thing you know, he has brain damage. Is he all right? Who? Your friend's son. No, you idiot, he has brain damage. <laughs> After that weird-ass scene, though, we get ominous music as we pull up to a dark mansion, the mansion of his boss. And we see a woman talking in the crowd that Jack is gathered around with his wife, who's talking about a news article of how the 
if the rainforest disappears, then a bunch of diseases will infect the world. And then Jack brings down everybody by saying that because of postmodernism, all this weird shit is happening. Like gay people are turning queer and, and like all these other weird things. Just this huge tirade of just depressing stuff. And they're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, How about we like, go get another drink? He's like, people are being raped on Oprah. You know, it's crazy and shit. <laughs> I actually, I liked this scene because I felt like that was like Jack in this movie at least he doesn't like this snobby like rich business crowd so his idea of getting out of that conversation was just to go full like nihilism on them and drag, <laughs> the, drag the whole thing down that's awesome well he meets up with this crew again and they tell him that uh well somebody comes and gets him that his boss wants to see him and they're all like oh good luck jack you you can do it well him and his boss are taking a walk on the lawn and it's very obvious as the boss is laying it out that he's being downsized he's telling him that like oh we'll we'll put you in like this other job or we'll we'll ship you out to europe if you want and jack is just like no i i think i'd rather just quit <laughs> yeah jack has a bit of a reputation for telling it like it is if that earlier scene of him going all full nihilistic wasn't wasn't obvious and his boss tells him that uh, he's being downsized because of his his individuality and his successor is much more, quote-unquote, ambitious. We find out, though, that his successor is Stuart, and so it seems like the boss just wants to replace him just to get a guy who's just like a yes-man, essentially. Yeah, a young guy that'll just do anything. Mm -hmm. Well, his boss walks off to a group of horses, though, and... Uh, the horse is clearly freaked out by Jack. It starts bucking around and almost running people down. And so this Jack excuses himself and he walks off into a hedge bush and he's sweating all over the place and he's clutching his chest like he's having a heart attack. He just beelines it to the bush, though. He doesn't just keep walking down the sidewalk or anything. It's not like they're in the middle of the woods. He's at a fancy big house. <laughs> no, he's just going to cut through the fucking hedge bush. <laughs> Well, he sits down on a bench, and a, a woman comes up behind him with a, a glass of liquor. And she tells him to drink it for some reason, because I guess that's what you do when you see somebody who's having a heart attack because you feed them <laughs> scotch, but whatever. <laughs> hey, I get it. Turns out, though, it's Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's uh, the love interest of this movie. Uh, he apologizes for finishing her drink, and she's... Uh, the way she's talking to him is like she's interested in him, but like... It's not really clear why exactly. At least I can. I didn't understand the chemistry of these two characters. Like, she just well, like she just likes him just because he's there. I, I, I don't know. Well, she claims that she's like the house rebel or whatever, you know. And and she's doing her whole Michelle Pfeiffer tomboy shtick she did in this little part of the '90s because she did Dangerous Minds after this movie. And it's the same type of thing. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Well, as he gets up, he, uh, like an anime moment, he falls on her tits and grabs them <laughs> yeah. with his hands. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, don't worry, I'm married. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, okay. Afraid I, uh, finished your drink. What are you, the last civilized man? I'm, Just embarrassed. Half the people I know are on Thorazine, so your little anxiety attack barely rouses my interest. You're very kind. No, I'm not. I'm Laura Alden, 
Alden's my father. I'm Will Randall. Nice to meet you. You're not an easy guy to surprise, are you? Not tonight. He just fired you, didn't he? Demoted, I think, is the word. I've been offered a choice between no job and a job no one would want. So what will you do? I'll probably take the job no one would want. I have the courage to be jobless at my age. Old guy, huh? And that makes you perfectly safe? Yes. He cleans him up and he just shuffles on back to the party where he meets up with his wife and Stuart and uh, just tells Stuart straight out, like, hey, you've been promoted to my job. And Stuart's like, what? That's crazy. I didn't know. <laughs> well, I mean, he called me, but I didn't think it was a real offer. It's like, yeah, okay. Him and his wife, Jack, that is, are driving home, and his wife is all upset. She's like, you should do something about it, you should blah, 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 and he's just too pissed off to really muster up any kind of words to say or anything like that, so they just go straight to bed, wake up the next morning, or at least his wife is woken up by the alarm clock, and she tries to get him to go out of bed, but she's also got a job doing something, we never really find out what, and then cut to later that night he's still asleep in bed she comes in and wakes him up and is like are you okay like what the fuck you just slept for 24 hours he did the whole thing where he's like it's 7 40 i said eight o'clock woman and she's like dude it's 7 40 at night <laughs> yeah and he's like oh <laughs> yeah he hadn't even shifted at all he's in the exact same position uh-huh when she asks him if he's all right he's like oh i've never been better so they go downstairs and they they start eating and she's telling him about her day, and he's obviously just not interested at all. He tries taking food off her plate, and then yeah. he gets up on her and starts taking her clothes off and stuff, and they just fuck right there in the living room. She loves it, dude. He's biting her, her uh, robe off with his teeth. and mm -hmm. He's growling like an animal and stuff. Yeah. Afterwards, though, he's getting ready to take a bath, and he looks at his hand, and the, the bite's looking really gnarly now and it's got hair all over it too and he's like trying to trim the hairs off and they just keep growing back he's been jerking off too much remember that that's old true. saying that's true well it's the next day though and as he's walking to work he's a lot more spry he's holding his head up high and he's looking everybody in the eye and saying hello to everyone he walks by one guy though and he chastises him for having alcohol on his breath he says, you're really drinking tequila at 8 in the morning? <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy's like, how the hell did you know? And he's like, I can smell it on you from a mile away. He gets to his office, too, and he smells Stuart in the office. He even asks the secretary if Stuart was in. She's like, well, he's been gone for like half an hour, but yeah, he was here. He sits down at his desk, and then uh, Roy from Frasier, he comes in, and he <laughs> points out that Jack isn't wearing his glasses, and he's also been editing like a madman he's got like 60 pages done and it's only been like a day he's getting healthier by the second dude but roy also points out how weird it is that 
he's not wearing his glasses and Jack tries to play it off like well I got a lot of sleep last night and Roy's just like yeah that's not how <laughs> eyesight works <laughs> but then his ears start twitching and shit he starts like hearing shit out in the halls and he starts wandering out there and then he can like hear every single person's conversation it's kind of like a Spider-Man moment where it culminates and he can't handle it kind of yeah exactly he even hears people behind doors somehow yeah and that tequila guy again, he was like, what the hell? Jack or whatever, he heard, he heard me, or he knew that I had tequila, and all I did was put one drop in there, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I put one drop in my coffee. <laughs> yeah, and despite his super hearing, though, he, he calls up that guy to, to ask if he can uh, find any books about any, like, occult stuff dealing with, like, the full moon and wolves and things like that. I just thought it was funny that we just had a scene where he, he has super sensitive hearing, but he's still holding the phone up to his ear. I mean, like... Yeah. Of course, it'd be awkward if he just, like, held it out in front of him and talked, but, like, <laughs> you would think somebody who had hypersensitive hearing wouldn't keep the phone right next to their ear. I don't know. Well, you gotta have your mouth up to it, I guess, but... But then uh, he has a comment to the guy. He's like, hey, man, you know, you shouldn't... You should, really shouldn't drink on the job, or you shouldn't talk about it on the phone or some shit like that. And he's like, how the yeah. hell do you know? Yeah, he's like, you shouldn't tell people that you've had tequila right. because you didn't drink any coffee this morning. <laughs> and the guy's freaking out. He's looking over to his phone to see if it's tapped or anything. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. How did he know I said that? You mean like a manual on owning animals? No, no, not animal possession. Animal possession. Demonic possession. The possession of the spirit by an animal. Give me a minute. How many do you want? One. The top one most respected one. Uh, Vijav Alazeus wrote something wild, 1948, old but breathing. He's not some kind of mystic out of the jungle, is he? No, no. He has a string of letters after his name. In fact, he's Dr. Alazeus. All right, thank you. Uh, can you uh, give his number to Mary, please? All right. And uh, Gary? Yeah. Uh, don't tell people that you had a drop of tequila with your coffee this morning. You didn't have coffee this morning. Jack gets home, though, and there's a, a phone message from his wife telling him that she's out of town. She just got the flight to some place or other and that she left food in for him. She she thinks that the stew made him horny, so she's like, I, I hope it works again. And he's, <laughs> he's laughing to himself, but then he smells something on one of her shirt collars and gets all pissed off so he's running out into the streets and he's already running like a neanderthal he's got like his arms out to his side as he's yeah. running his <laughs> mouth's open and shit it's so good uh, he runs up to like this mansion too and like I, I mean i don't know how much being a an assistant to the chief editor pays in new york or wherever this is but like this guy has like a two-story house in a big city while jack lives in a shitty apartment it looks like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, when he gets to the house, turns out it's Stuart's house. As he gets to the door, he's pacing around in front of it like a wolf. Stuart answers the door, and Jack just barges his way in, and when Stuart tries to stalk him, he just turns around and bites him on the hand. He bounds upstairs, too, on all fours, and just, like, bursts into the room, and of course his wife is there, and her tits are out, and she's just like, <laughs> Is he gone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuart literally just watches Stuart launch up the stairs in, like, three leaps, too. Uh -huh. 
he sees her and he looks at her and Stuart and he just growls and just storms out of there though and Stuart and the wife are just like awkwardly looking at each other like uh <laughs> yeah i guess i should go <laughs> next day though jack is head full of steam he gets into his office this, this is his big dick moment where he just charges in he tells the secretary to call his people call out everybody he's ever represented and all the investors and everything and that we're we're gonna start our own publishing firm with blackjack and hookers and we're gonna stick it <laughs> to this guy yeah she and loves it yeah she's excited to just finally have something to do at her job so she's <laughs> like fuck yeah dude this is a plot of an office uh season too which is really funny that's that's great Morning, Mr. Randall. Got your Rolodex, Mary. I've moved to the Mayflower. Okay. Is that permanent? Yes. Call Eagle and find out if the deal with Alden's really closed or if they're still dicking around on points. Then get Roy to come in here and bring with him a list of every name author he's ever worked with in this house. Then get me a list of every name author that I've ever worked with. Then call Alden, see if you can get me an appointment with him this afternoon at his house. Yes, sir. Is the worm turning, Mr. Randall? The worm is turned and is now packing an Uzi, Mary. It's about fucking time, sir. Well, Jack, he storms off after this, straight to Stuart's office. And Stuart, wormy guy that he is, tries to tell him, like, Oh, you know I'd never hurt you. I, I love and respect you, and whatever you do, I'd do it too. And Jack is just like, yeah, so quit for me. Yeah. <laughs> and Stuart's like... Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't quit, but I could get you, like, a, a decent job. You could be, like, my assistant editor, or, like, I could get you a better deal in Europe. And Jack is just like, nah, fuck that. I'm I'm going to get back at you. <laughs> yup. Says, fuck you, man. So he goes back to his office, and he tells Roy and the secretary that this is it. Like, this is our big moment. We're going to leave. We're going to start our own firm, and this is this is going to be great. Both of them are just like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. We're we're doing it. We're finally doing it. No, uh, he's like, she's like, what do I tell everybody? And he's like, just lie to him. Say we have a ton of investors. We have all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And Roy's just like, you are my god. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get fired. They might as well burn the ships, dude. Exactly. And in a super big dick moment, he drives all the way to his boss's mansion, which is in like the suburbs of New Jersey or something, I guess. And he drives all that way just to tell his boss, like, yeah, I'm turning down your offer. And that's it. <laughs> just this one sentence, just like, yeah, no, fuck that. He just pimp walks out doesn't even say anything else. <laughs> As he's walking out, though, he sees Michelle Pfeiffer being all sexy on a horse, just riding around. <laughs> so he decides he's going to walk up and talk to her, but this, of course, freaks the horse out because he's a fucking werewolf. And she fucking flies off the goddamn horse and, like, yeah, breaks her neck on the goddamn <laughs> way down. I hope that was a stunt double, because it, it really is nasty looking. <laughs> well, this, of course, causes the dad to come out. Everyone's freaking out now. But then she's like, listen, I'm I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. And the dad is trying to, to tell Michelle, like, oh, we're going to be having dinner with all of my rich friends tonight, and I'm sure you'll be on your best behavior, blah, blah, blah. And Michelle's just like, yeah, uh, actually, me and Jack are going to go, like, <laughs> have dinner over here and not there, and I'm not showing up. <laughs> like, it's just another moment where it's just like, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, no shit. He's awesome at that in this movie. <laughs> so they go off, and they're just, like, in her room, which is just, like, an entire another house next to the mansion. Yeah. It has, like, its own, like, kitchen and, and living room and stuff like that. 
they're just eating peanut butter and jelly awkwardly at a table <laughs> just yeah, staring she, at each other she was like by the way i lied about dinner uh, i don't even have anything but peanut butter and jelly <laughs> so then they cut to them just sitting at like a little tea table dude <laughs> he tries asking her what she does and she's like being all weird about it she's like blowing him off like do you really care like who gives a shit about what i do and then he tells her off he's like this is not a, a technique that I would recommend to the fellows out there. He tells her that <laughs> she actually just has a shit personality, but he wants she wants people to to like her for who she is. But she's just so beautiful that that's all people care about. But like, also, they would never get to know who she is without her being beautiful. So he basically just just like, yeah, you're shallow and nobody likes you except that you're beautiful. And she's just like, yeah, okay, and <laughs> just blows them off. <laughs> I don't know why she didn't just throw him out right then and there. <laughs> like, because he completely read her like a book. He read her. These are the type of scenes where I love Jack Nicholson so much, dude. Because it's just him with his cocky eyebrows up, and he's just talking <laughs> slow, you know, in the Jack Nicholson voice, just totally cleaning this chick out. Like, this is why men hate you. You're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. So what do you do? Why do you care? I don't. I was just making polite conversation. I'd rather not discuss what I do. You know, <clears throat> I think I understand what you like now. You're very beautiful and you think men are only interested in you because you're beautiful. But you want them to be interested in you because you're you. The problem is that aside from all that beauty, you're not very interesting. You're rude, you're hostile, you're sullen, you're withdrawn. I know you want someone to look past all that at the real person underneath. But the only reason that anyone would bother to look past all that is because you're beautiful. Ironic, isn't it? In an odd way, you're your own problem. Sorry. Wrong line. I am not taken aback by your keen insight and suddenly challenged by you. Shall we have the rest of our milk in the living room? But yeah, they decide to, to move it over to the living room and she does finally decide to, to open up a little bit. He's like poking through her things and her, her photo album and stuff. And we find out that her mom died and uh, her brother also died, but he was a uh, borderline schizophrenic. And so he just got tired of all the doctor's visits and shit like that. So he unfortunately killed himself. But that's also the reason why she's like, likes to fix people, I guess, because her brother was like such a mess that she like sees Jack as like a project or something. I guess. I, I don't know. Right. Well, then they move to the lake. They just keep moving rooms as they talk over and over. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, they just can't sit still. And then this is when Jack takes the opportunity to talk about how he ran over a wolf. And ever since then, he's been feeling pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, he even, like, kind of gets the inclination that it is something, like, supernatural, too. He's like, you're not going to believe me, but I have superpowers now? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I love it, but I'm afraid it comes with a price. And she's, <laughs> she's like, everything does. 
<laughs> this is the first date, basically, and they're just like revealing each other completely. Yeah, she she invites him to stay for dinner too, and she's like, "I promise it won't be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches again." <laughs> but as he gets up, he's doing that thing again. He's sweating balls. He's clutching his chest like he's having a heart attack, and she carries him off to her bed. And she's like, all right, you stay here and sleep here all night, and I'll get breakfast ready for you the next morning. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, all before right. I die, you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if I wake up, you better have bacon ready. <laughs> yeah, then he just dies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, we transition, and we see it's a full moon at... Jack's face is interposed over the moon, and as he gets up, his hair's all flared out like Wolverine. It's sticking up on top of his head, yeah. and he just suddenly has huge sideburns, too. It's awesome. <laughs> he goes straight to the window, and he leaps out of it, and we see he has yellow eyes and fangs now, too. He spots a deer in the distance, and this is uh, the other scene where they use a, a real animal, and then a, a, a fake prop, and then an animatronic. Because he's running after this deer, and it's a it's a real deer that he's chasing after, and he's, like, just inches away from catching up to it the whole time. But then he finally jumps on it, but when he does, it's clearly a fake deer because <laughs> yeah. it's all stiff again. It's, <laughs> it's so funny. He's got it by the neck, and he's, like, biting in this, this dummy deer that's flailing around. It's so funny, dude. <laughs> and that whole chase scene is, like, the the worst stunt double-looking guy ever. He has, like, a huge head when he's jumping on <laughs> the street. Oh, man. It's all in slow motion and stuff, too. Yeah, it's like a dream yeah. sequence. And then they'll just cut to close-ups of Jack jumping over a log or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not like an impressive jump either. Not like a Jackie Chan. No, like, hell no. Leave. He's just like hopping over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, the whole forest lights up too. All the birds are freaking out. And there's just a swarm of bats that just fly off into the night. He wakes up the next morning though next to a stream. And his whole front is just covered in blood. His shirt is soaked through. His... He's just bleeding all over on his face. It's... <laughs> He goes and he crawls over and dunks his head in the stream. And then he gets out and starts freaking out, of course, and runs off to his car and drives off to the doctor immediately. When he gets to the doctor, the doctor's looking him over. And he's telling him everything that happened. And the doctor's just like, uh, you're probably sleepwalking and bumped your head. You've got some lacerations under your scalp. And that's probably where all the blood came from. So I want to keep you here to do an MRI scan. And Jack is just like, no, fuck that. I've got things to do. <laughs> the doctor's like, you might have a fucking concussion. Like, what are you talking about? And Jack's like, no, like, I feel awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck you, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's another big dick moment. He's just striding into work now. Just balls hanging out of his, his pants. He goes straight to his boss's office. And he's telling his boss this whole plan. He's like, yep, I'm getting all the writers. They're, they all trust me. I'm getting all the publishers and stuff. We're just going to start our own firm. And the boss is like, you wouldn't dare. That's This is a stupid idea. None <laughs> of the writers know what you're doing because they don't know anything about business. And Jack is just like, well, they've got nothing to lose and I've got everything to gain. So what do you want to do about it? And the boss is just like, damn, I never knew you were just so ruthless. Fuck it. Let's let's <laughs> let's sign a contract. Jack's like, only if it's for way more money and I have all the power. And the guy's uh -huh. like, all right then, fuck it. 
<laughs> but he's like, yeah, you got to keep it a secret, though, until it's actually signed, because I want to tell Stuart myself. Yeah. So they agree on it, and Jack goes to his secretary, who tells him that uh, the guy, the, the, the Shaquilla guy, actually found a uh, some writer who wrote some occult book that seems to be close to what Jack's looking for. So he's like, all right. So he goes to his house, and then this guy is like, very stereotypical, like Eastern European. He's got like the heavy accent. He's he's basically uh, Doctor Van Helsing, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah. He invites him in for tea, and Jack's just like, "Oh, sure, let's do it." Jack tries to ask him if there's some kind of scientific ex- explanation, though, and the doctor's just like, "Uh, no, you're just a fucking werewolf, dude." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack is like, "Come on, man." That's that's stupid. And the guy's like, well, people believe in Christianity, and that's pretty far out. But yeah, like, he's like, oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he tells them all the basic stuff, though, that, that at a full moon's night, the wolf's going to come out, and he's not going to have control over it. But he also tells them that the, the wolf bleeds into other aspects of his life, that whatever bestial nature he has inside of him is going to be enhanced by, by this new curse. He gives Jack an amulet, though, and he's like, keep it close to your chest, it's gotta be on your skin, and during a full moon night, it'll it'll prevent you from, from freaking out. He also, in one of the weirdest scenes, he goes to Jack and is like, yeah, I'm, I'm dying of cancer, or well, he doesn't say cancer specifically, but he's like, I've been told I'm gonna die soon, so I want you to bite me, so I can become a werewolf, too. Yeah, I kinda liked that. Wait, if you were Jack, would you do that? Could you do it? Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, at that point, you really don't even know if you're a werewolf, so I, I guess I could yeah. bite some guy's hand for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, well, he'd be a wolf, but... I mean, yeah. Yeah, he seems like I a suppose... pretty good guy, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I suppose you'd have to take responsibility for it. Because, yeah, him him asking this is what prompts the conversation of... Uh, Jack, Jack asks that he'd rather be damned than, than dead. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, oh, no, no, no. The werewolf itself is not evil. Whatever the curse brings out, you you have to have that evil within you for it to, to really manifest. But despite yeah. him telling him that, Jack still refuses to bite him. Yeah, what a dick, man. We never see this man again. He, I yeah, guess he's he, dead. Yeah, he never comes <laughs> up at all. Yeah, he just dies, I guess. Yeah, poor man. Yeah, but to his credit, though, he's he's understanding about it. He's like, yeah, I mean, it is a weird thing to ask somebody. I'm sure when he went to bed that night, though, he was like, God damn it, I'm never going to meet another wolf, you know, before <laughs> this shit happens. Dr. Alizaeus, um, what I would like to know, and I, not that I subscribe to any of this. Neither do I, really. Only to the possibility. But out of curiosity, um, is there supposed to be any way to stop this metamorphosis? Uh... Supposedly, there are herbs and rites and amulets. I don't know the rites. I don't have the herbs. But I, I did find something for you when you called. Uh, yeah, it's yes. This is one of the most powerful amulets, which must be worn next to the skin and never taken off. If it works, there is said to be a great pain and weakness while the wolf struggles to emerge and charm holds him at bay, sometimes drives him out. 
I have no idea if any of it is true, but it's yours. Oh no, I... Uh... It's a gift. And in return, I would like a favor from you. It's in my power. I was recently told that I'm dying. <laughs> Speaking of mystical and terrifying experiences, uh, I would like you to bite me. What? I would like you to bite me. I can't ask you to transform me with your passion, so I ask you to honor me with your bite, and I too will become a demon wolf. You'd rather be damned than die. Damnation is not a part of my system of beliefs. The demon wolf is not evil, unless the man he's bitten is evil. It, it feels good to be wolf, doesn't it? Well, Jack goes back to... Uh, he's not living at home anymore because he doesn't want to see his wife. And so he's living out of the, the Mayflower Hotel. He calls Michelle after this. And Michelle's, of course, pissed off because he just ran off in the middle of the night. He explains to her what the doctor told him, that he, he bumped his head and he was sleepwalking and so on and so forth. So he's like, just just meet up with me at my hotel. We'll, we'll talk it over. And so she's like, yeah, all right. But she hangs up on him before he can finish. He has a big fat steak on the table, too. Like, he already ate, <laughs> but... Oh, that's awesome. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, that night at the hotel, he wakes up again in the middle of the night. And he starts hearing zoo animals outside. And for whatever reason, this prompts him to go to the zoo. I don't know why exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes to the zoo and there's monkeys and stuff making faces at him and the lions and the elephants are roaring at him and he's just like skulking around like a weirdo just looking at all these animals yeah he's not even really acting like a wolf he's just sitting there with his mouth open being like oh 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 and his <laughs> freaking animals are screaming at him and i've been to the new york zoo it's tiny bro it's literally like maybe a block oh man uh some police officers show up and one of them is ross from friends yeah yeah exactly <laughs> And Ross tries handcuffing him, but Jack just jumps 20 feet over a, a, a rock and just bolts out. And he takes the handcuffs with him. Yeah, and Ross is like, well, he took my cuffs. What do I do? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. And that's the last time we see Ross, too. Yep. <laughs> he goes under a bridge in the park, though, where he gets jumped by some hoodlum guys. They're like, hey, man, can we borrow some money? And Jack's just like, yeah, I've got a thousand dollars in my wallet. What do you want? five ten bucks and they just pull a gun and they're like stop fucking around man <laughs> so he he wolfs out on them totally though he just jumps on two of the guys and just starts fucking ripping the pieces and the third guy runs off into the neighborhood and it seems like something's gonna come of that since there's like he left a survivor but it never really gets brought up again weirdly enough i mean what would you do as a thug we tried to rob this guy and uh he turned into a wolf so <laughs> yeah <laughs> go fair. get him in central park new york <laughs> <laughs> His secretary calls him the next day to wake him up, and she's like, were you staying up late last night? And he's like, no, I uh, I went to bed early. So early, I don't even remember when I fell asleep. And it's clear he doesn't remember what happened. He meets up with his boss, though, where they're signing the contract, and uh, 
they they just do it. I mean, he looks it over, and the boss is like, "Don't think I'm trying to cheat you out of this. There's you got me by the balls here. There's no way I'd try and screw you over this time." He he gets the contract, and he immediately goes to Stuart. I I assume he knew where Stuart was because he just smelled him in the bathroom. So <laughs> he, he goes to Stuart, big dick moment. He pulls up right next to him in the stall and starts peeing right next to him. So he throws the contract on the table, and and Stuart. Oh yeah, Stuart is like. Hey Jack, I can still get you that uh that assistant position and get you better pay or whatever if you want. And Jack is just like, yeah, no, I uh I've got a better offer lined up. And he throws the contract in front of him. And so Stuart reads it over and is just comes to the realization that Jack's his immediate boss and supervisor now and is just like, oh yeah, you know I I would never try to hurt you, Jack, and this and this and that. And Jack is just like, Stuart, you're fired. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> It's <laughs> like enough bullshit. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm your this boss. Is... Pack up your things. This is all while Stewart's taking a piss too. So he literally walks in there and fires the dude while the dude's dick is in his hand. And then oh, Jack, as, as Stewart's like pleading, Jack starts taking a piss and just starts peeing all over his shoes and shit. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the scene my friend was telling me about too. Where he goes. Yeah. And Stuart's freaking out, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's just like, I'm just marking my territory, you just got in the way. It's like, what? Come on. No, dude, that's awesome, man. That's the best. I hope it was ad-libbed. I hope he really did just take a piss on him. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, because as he's peeing on his shoe, too, Stuart's like freaking out, because he realizes that he, he really has no leverage in this situation so he's like you fucking need me i'm i'm the best guy here blah 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 blah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah just pisses on him i mean i i guess i owe you some congratulations i guess the best man won shit i'm glad in a way i mean i couldn't have given it up and i didn't like the way i got it i hope we can work together without rancor You're fired, Stuart. Don't, don't do it to me, Will. It'll ruin me. I know. But it's best for the firm. Give me a few months. Let me say I quit. No. It wouldn't be best for the firm. You vindictive son of a bitch. The best thing for the firm is me. I'm the best thing this firm has, and you fucking know it. This is fucking rude. Are you crazy? No. I'm just marking my territory. And you got in the way. Yeah, so Stuart storms out as Jack is all satisfied with himself. He's laughing to himself and smiling as he goes over to the mirror and uh, reaches into his pocket to wipe his hands with his kerchief because I guess, I mean, I don't know. What, did they not have paper towels in 1994? Bro, old people love handkerchiefs, man. They blow their nose in it, they wipe their faces with... They're weird. That's fair. Well, he pulls out his handkerchief, and it's just soaked with blood. So he's like, oh shit, what the fuck? So he opens it up, and two of the guys' fingers are just in there. Because <laughs> apparently, yeah. while he was a werewolf, he decided to just keep those. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Hey man, one had a ring on it. Maybe he was like, hey, I'm getting fired, I, I could sell this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, man. Jack's freaking out, though. He goes back to his hotel room because he's like, I'm a fucking werewolf. I gotta get this shit under lock and key. He tries to go to his hotel room, and who's there but his cheating-ass wife? 
And yep. she's coming, begging and pleading to him. And of course, he rightly points out that the only reason why she wants to come back is because Stuart is ruined now. And she's like, no, it's not like that, blah, blah, blah. And he just storms off. He's like, fuck you. Never see me again. I hate you. Like, I'm going off to my room. I'm a fucking wolf now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as they part, Michelle is just in the lobby the whole time and saw the whole thing happen. So she's like, ooh, <laughs> that was a, that was awkward. It's a good start to a second date. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to his room and he's he's locked in there. And she's like, hey, let me in, you fuck. And he's like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. The things are really scary. And she's just like, I'm coming in there whether you like it or not. So she goes over to a maid who just, like, opens the door for her. We see Jack in there. He's already got the handcuffs, and he's cupped himself to the radiator. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, listen... I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. I don't even know where I got these handcuffs from, but I'm going to use them. He fall on spills. He's like, I, I think I'm turning into a wolf. Yeah. And so she's, she's like, like, I get I get it. I was a big drug addict back in the day, too. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, she's like, it's probably just brain tumors. And he's like, bitch, what? Brain tumors? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> and she takes out a... a not, a, not even a bobby pin, but a paperclip, which I don't think would really work. I mean, I guess it depends on the kind of lock, but she's uh, she's having this whole conversation with them while she's trying to pick the, the handcuff. Oh, yeah, and Jack is just like, why are you, why do you even care? Like, why, why are you still around me? And she's like, yeah. oh, you might think you're evil, but I know you're a, a good man deep down. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. She's like, I've sucked so many dicks and alleys. I can tell a good guy and a bad guy. And you're definitely <laughs> one of those good guys. Yeah. <laughs> she fucking goes all into it. Well, she finally gets the handcuffs off. And uh, she re-handcuffs him with his hands behind his back. And then starts taking the shirt off. And she's like, you know where this is going, right? And he's like, aww, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just throws him onto the bed and they just fuck all night. Not all night, I suppose. He's After they're done fucking, uh, she's passed out on the bed. And he wakes up in the middle of the night and runs off into the streets. And I'm really confused about this part, whether it's meant to be like, he's having a dream that he's doing this, or if he actually did it, because... When he goes out, he's all in wolf form or whatever, but his clothes are still on. Like, yeah. like yeah. they fucked. He got up out of bed, fully dressed <laughs> himself as a werewolf, <laughs> then ran out into the streets to the park and just started howling and got all the dogs in the city to start howling with him. And then went back to the hotel, took all of his clothes off, got back into the bed. <laughs> like, hey, man. What the she did say he was a good guy, so, you know, he could be a good wolf. He put some clothes on, he didn't want his dick <laughs> flopping around for everybody. <laughs> but this did so. really happen, though, because there was a, a scene later on that, that she notices that actually the re reveals him to her, finally, mm. because of his shoes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. yeah so he did. <laughs> so he did. He got up out of bed after they fucked, dressed himself <laughs> fully, <laughs> then went out and... Just went running around Central Park, dude, hanging out with the dogs and shit. I don't know. Oh my god. Some cops come knocking at the door, and the uh, the officer is played by Richard Jenkins. I did recognize this guy, because he's in, like, a lot of horror movies. Usually it's, like, B-horror movies and stuff. I remember him from uh, Cabin in the Woods. He's one of the, the two administrator guys. Yeah, he's awesome, bro. 
Yeah, he's, yeah, he's exactly. Especially in Kevin Lewis, he's amazing. Mm. And he's the dad on uh, Step Brothers. He's uh, oh, uh, yeah. Dale's or not Dale, uh, whatever. John C. Riley's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Richard comes in and he tells Jack that his wife has been brutally murdered in the park last night, <laughs> and then immediately Michelle and him are just like, uh. <laughs> well he's like he's he tells the cops he's like i was here with my fiance all night and then the cops is like yeah well your wife was murdered last night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh that's so good now, could i have a word with you in private mr randall well that won't be necessary this is miss uh, smith my uh, fiance she can hear anything that you have to say your wife was found dead this morning, Mr. Rand. I'm sorry. She was murdered sometime late last night. Her body was found in the park. How was she killed? Her throat was torn up. Sit down. No, I, I, I want to stand up. Would you mind telling me when you saw your wife last, Mr. Randall? Last night. <clears throat> last night here in the lobby. About six. About six. Did you argue? Don't answer anything else, Will. I'm just trying to clear up a fact, Miss Smith. He thinks Jack is responsible just because, I mean... Who else is he going to blame? He's yep. like the first suspect. He also says that they have some DNA evidence, but they'd like some from Jack, too, to help with the case. And Michelle gets all, all huffy. She's like, he doesn't have to do anything for you. you you got to get the paperwork and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. <laughs> and they just leave. We see Jack's boss and Stuart watching the news about the murder, and it turns out that her throat got ripped out and her guts were just burn all over Central Park, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus <bro>. Christ. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, the boss made Stuart head of marketing, so if it wasn't clear by this point that Stuart is just, like, firmly in the boss's pocket, it's like, he can't even get fired even when he's yeah. rightfully fired from his job, like... <laughs> He even tries to, like, start being a little weasel at this point. He's like, yeah, you know, that sucks for Jack and all. Did you know that her and I used to bang? And uh, <laughs> he's like, you should probably give me his job because there's going to be a lot of cops around Jack now. Yeah, he's like, what would it take for Jack to get fired from his job? Right. If he was, if he was put in jail, that he'd still have a job, right? And he's like, yeah, unless he was convicted. And he's like, well, I mean, I really hope that doesn't happen. But <laughs> if it does, whoever his successor is can just suck my dick because uh, I'm taking Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jack and Michelle, of course, they're freaking out. So Michelle's driving him all the way back to her house. Jack, he's being a big nihilistic bumhead again. He's like... What if I did get out and murder? What if, what if I don't have control over myself? And Michelle's just like, do you just always go to the worst <laughs> possible conclusion every time something bad happens? And he's like, no, but I mean, we have to try and confront the what ifs about this. And she's just like, shut the fuck up, I'll handle it. Yeah, but he's like, lady, I'm turning into a wolf and eating shit at night. Like, I'm pretty fucking sure this is connected. And she's like, no, <laughs> it's not. Chill the fuck out. As they're driving <laughs> to the police station, isn't it? No, they're they're driving back to her. her oh, that's place. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they're doing that, Jack falls asleep with his his shoes up on the dash, and and like you said, he's got mud all over his shoes. So yeah. 
So she's like absolutely freaking out at this. She almost runs into a semi and she's like hyperventilating and stuff. She takes Jack back home and decides that the only safe place to put him at this point is the barn. So he's like, all right, if that's what we got to do. <laughs> uh, he also says that her, her phone is ringing and she's like, how do you know? He's like, I can hear it. Like, the fuck? <laughs> the security guy on the way in too, he's like, make sure you stay inside. I think we got some wild dogs because we found a dead deer <laughs> the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out it's Richard on the phone. He's calling her because he's saying that, uh, well, we, we screwed up the DNA evidence. Uh, I don't know if somebody like got their hands on her or something, but there turns out there's dog DNA in there. And she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a straight up real life info dump. It's like, Jack's a fucking wolf. <laughs> she walks back to the car too, and he's not there. But he, he walks up behind her in the typical horror movie fashion, spooks her. And he's, he's just so haggard at this point. He's like, listen, I know things are <laughs> fucked up, but like, I love you. <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm, yep, but just come over here. We're going to go to the barn now. <laughs> <laughs> I've never loved anyone more than you, lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, if the world ended, I'd, I'd know that God made at least one right decision making you. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, I gotta run an errand real quick, though. Like, let's go to the barn. I'll leave you for about an hour. You scared me. You were right. The phone was ringing. It was that, uh, that detective, Bridger. Well, he... He traced me, and he... Now he's threatening to subpoena the entire state of New York if I don't give him a statement tonight. Will you be all right if I, if I go in? Yes. Don't look so scared. Maybe there's happy endings even for people who don't believe in them. I want you to know something. I've never loved anybody this way. I've never looked at a woman and thought, if civilization fails, if the world ends, I'll still understand what God meant. If I'm with her. He's just laying there because it's close to nighttime now and she beelines drives straight to the police station we see Stuart here and uh, one thing I, I wish they would have done is that I wish they would have hit his face a little bit more because like we see him and we immediately see his face and then like it's obvious he's a werewolf now because his eyes are like super fucking yellow and it's like oh oh I see Stuart did it well one thing the gypsy guy mentioned earlier is he said you turn officially on the first full moon, and since Stuart was a bit late, he's just progressing fast, I assumed. Gotcha, gotcha. Or since we're so far in the movie, they're like, fuck it, we gotta have Stuart be a wolf. Like, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts creeping on her, though. He's, like, getting up on her and, like, sniffing her pussy and stuff. And just Straight like... up. Just goes puss to face, just like a snail. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> And he's like, we should get a drink after this. I just really want to know you more. And he's talking like a fucking creep. And she's like, yeah, that sounds really good. But thankfully, they called him in first. And as soon as he gets into the police box, she's just like, I'm fucking out of here. She just <laughs> <Yeah>. runs out. 
As she's driving home, she calls up an airline and she's like, yeah, I need the first flight to anywhere, yeah. leaving as soon as possible. And they're like, yeah, okay. The good old uh, 90s, bro. You could do that yeah. shit. Now you gotta, like, submit blood to get on a damn plane. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jack is freaking out in the bar and he's, like, tossing and turning. We we see the necklace that the, the guy gave him and it's, like, burning his skin, but it's apparently keeping him from going full wolf. At the same time, Stuart is, a uh, in the police box and is like manipulating the police he's being all like yeah jack went crazy he's like pissed on my shoe and stuff and they're like what he pissed on your shoe <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah. did he piss on it or in his shoe <laughs> 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 but i mean he wasn't lying at all he was just telling the yeah. truth in a very round way yeah exactly he's he's uh double talking them and being like yeah so so jack definitely did it because he's a fucking maniac and, and like, i was banging his wife and so he's mad <laughs> yeah. and they're like well i guess we have an open and shut case here yeah so they oh yeah and they're like well let's let's get michelle's testimony first so they go out and they're like Where's Michelle at? And the, the front desk lady's like, she ran out as soon as Stuart went in there. And funniest <laughs> shot in the movie to me, at least, it super fast zooms in on Stuart's face and he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, we get a sick-ass driving montage shot of Stuart driving to her place as he's kind of mm -hmm. like wolfing out a little more or at least acting yeah. more animalistic. I think that was rad as shit. Yeah, that was really cool. And Michelle's told all the security guards, like, don't let anyone in unless they, I specifically tell you to. And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and we see Jack, he, uh, he's just, like, sleeping in the barn, though. Like, apparently the necklace works, so he's, he's under full control. But Stuart gets to the gates. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm here to see Michelle. And the security guard's like, well, she, I gotta call her in. Like, what are you here for? And he's like, uh, I'll just, I'm, I really want to fuck her right in the pussy. And he's <laughs> like, uh. Uh, yeah, okay, back the fuck up. Yep. <laughs> so he backs up and then he just runs the guy over and just destroys the gates and just driving like a madman. <laughs> and he, he's walking around the premises too and the, the one other security guard they have apparently is like, he stops Stuart. And Stuart uh, manages to distract him. He's like, oh, I've got an appointment. I've got a business card here. But like, meanwhile, Stuart's hair is also like all Wolverine out. It's like sticking out at all angles. And he's got these huge sideburns. And his eyes are like glowing yellow at this point with huge fangs. And, like, yes, exactly. He has huge fangs, dude. <laughs> and the security guard is just like, hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart just eats his fucking throat out immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle's like grabbing something. I don't know what the hell she's doing. Like she doesn't go to see Jack immediately. She like goes into her house. She comes out and she trips over the dead security guard and starts freaking out. So Stuart grabs her up and they they have like an awkward back and forth where he's like, "I'm gonna rape you," and she's like, <laughs> mm, oh, "Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's do let's do that." <laughs> but as she gets her to come over to uh, the bar and she knees him in the balls. And then she goes around the doorway and smacks him in the face with a fucking fire extinguisher, and he's just shrugging all this shit off. And we finally get to the climax. They're, like, struggling and stuff. He's trying to, like, rip her pants off and stuff. And Jack freaks out. He rips the necklace off, and he just goes full turbo werewolf, jumps over the, the, <laughs> the railing, and they just start fighting it out. 
I won't go over the whole thing, but like <laughs> one funny part is like when they finally clash or whatever, they're like biting at each other. And like, I guess they didn't know how to really make that look realistic or compelling. So they just have like a bunch of quick edits where they're just like snarling at each other and like biting at each other and stuff like that. Dude, I thought that was rad, bro. I thought that was really fucking cool. It felt kind of like a shot from the thing or something when they were like quick shooting puppets and stuff. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And then, and then uh, Jack, like, suplexes Stuart at one point, throws him all the way across the room at some stairs. <laughs> yeah, throws him out of the barn and into a pond. And... Yeah. He gets pitchforked, too. Stuart pitchforks the shit out of him at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and when Jack throws him, it, it seems like Stuart's down and out, so Jack turns around, and that classic movie moment where the, the bad guy thinks he's, or the, the good guy thinks he's one, and the bad guy suddenly gets up. He grabs some hedge clippers, and he's just, like, flying at Jack with the hedge clippers, <laughs> and <then laughs> Michelle just unloads the 9 mil into him, though, just, like, shoots him, like, 15 times, and it's the funniest thing, too, because every time she shoots him, he's like, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Bro, it's like, it, they're all like retakes, too, because he doesn't move any further in the air, and it's just like, bang, she goes to her, comes back to him, unshot, bang, and then, oh, it's so funny. That's so good. And thankfully, this is a American werewolf in London rules for werewolves, where if you just get shot, you fucking die, so. Yeah. He lands, he's got like 15 bullet holes in him, so he reverts back, all the hair falls off his body and stuff, and he's he's done. Jack tries to go to Michelle, though, and he's still all wolfed out and stuff. And uh, he runs off because, I mean, the police are probably going to be there soon. And so <laughs> it's yeah. going to be awkward trying to explain why Jack's a werewolf and, like, what the fuck happened. So so the police do arrive. Michelle comes out of her little house, like, in a new dress and everything, too. She's got, like, makeup on and shit. And she's like, what What happened? I, I heard there was gunshots, and I, I just didn't think to come out. I, I don't know what's going on. And the police are like, yeah, fucking two security guards are dead, and <laughs> this guy's dead too. And she's like, what? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, do you know where Jack went? And she's like, I think he said something about getting on a flight or something. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, as everything's wrapping up, the, uh, they're like, oh, well, I mean, I guess it was Stuart, because he, he came here trying to kill Jack, and he ran that guy over with his car, so yeah, I guess... I guess Jack's innocent. Well, and, we all... and he, he was shot by the security guy's gun. So they were like, oh, the guy mm -hmm. must have shot him in defense. Yeah, exactly. But they're also just like, we don't know where Jack is, so we, we still <laughs> need to bring him in for questioning. So she's like, yeah, I'm sure you'll get him eventually. And then uh, she tells one of the police officers, she's like, you really shouldn't drink on the job. And, she's like, and he's like, how did you know I was drinking? And she's like, are you kidding? I can smell it from a mile away. And she just walks off into the hedge bush. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we get a, a fade-in shot of Michelle and Jack's face bleeding over each other with the animatronic wolf at the beginning, <laughs> and he's howling and stuff. And then the final shot is Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's got the yellow eyes too. And yeah, I don't know when she got bit, but I assumed. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. Because he was just drooling on her hand and then ran away. So yeah, who yeah, fucking yeah. knows? Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the end of the movie, though. Credits have, like, this really sad, like, piano music over it, too, for some reason.
That's it. 1994 Wolf in the books. Billy, how many Jack Nicholson telling women that they're shallow and insecure and shitty people out of five would you give this movie? <laughs> Man, what I would give to have Jack Nicholson sit at a table across from me eating a PBJ and just unravel me. But I I would give this a five out of five, man. I mean, as far as like sitting down, if it was just me alone watching it, I don't think I would have a very good time. But Mm. in context, it was good. It it gave off a lot of uh, like the bodyguard vibes, but but they just made the man a wolf instead. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But no, I liked it, man. I mean, it holds up. I remembered pretty much all of it as... I was watching it, but I, I hadn't seen it probably since I was a kid, so it was kind of cool. It's cool to go back to. Yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a movie to throw on. Maybe around Halloween time, or just if you want a good laugh with friends. Like, it's <laughs> it's a great movie to just laugh along with because so many parts of it are just so over the top and ridiculous. It's well acted, though. I mean, it has like the heaviest of hitters from the '90s in it, so it's just yeah, about exactly. werewolves. Though it's just crazy. Exactly. If Jack Nicholson was the lead, this movie would be a hundred times more hammy. Oh, yeah. But I, I agree. I, this was a super fun watch for me. I don't really have any trivia. The one trivia I did manage to find was uh, of some guy, the special effects guy or something. Apparently, Jack Nicholson is allergic to like one of the more popular glues or whatever it is that they use to, to put prosthetics on people's faces. While the guy was working on uh, Stuart's makeup, he accidentally used the same glue on Jack. And he didn't tell anybody about it, just thinking that, because Jack didn't have an immediate reaction, so he was like, well, I guess it's fine. But then, apparently Jack came to his uh, his trailer the next day, and his face was all swollen and stuff, and he was like, you used the glue, didn't you? <laughs> yep. We're not going to have this kind of accident again, are we? And, and it never happened again after that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you're in luck. I got a bunch of trivia on this thing. I actually had to stop myself from writing more trivia. Hell yeah. Lay it on Yeah. Me. So, first off, Jack Nicholson spent 12 years trying to get this movie made. It was, like, one of his passion projects. I did see that, too, which is yeah. odd. I mean, like, I, whatever, I guess. Hey, whatever, man. I mean, this was the last horror movie that Jack Nicholson was ever in, so maybe he just wanted to go out with his idea or whatever. That'd be cool. Another one I had is the word werewolf is never actually used in this entire movie. Instead, they use the words demon wolf. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. So, Michelle Pfeiffer, she she got the script, and when she said she was interested in the movie, the director decided to change the part, because it used to just be, like, woman in danger, the typical bullshit. But Mm. since Michelle Pfeiffer was that whole tomboy kind of thing at the time, they wanted to make it more of a strong, important role. Yeah. And uh, one of the ideas at first, before they decided on just being herself, was they wanted her to be an animal rights activist. Oh, that would have been terrible. Oh, it would have been so dumb. I mean, her character isn't great in this. I mean, she she definitely has some strong moments, but, like, man, that would just be so corny. She just plays the rich guy, slut daughter that, you know, yeah. just love, fell in love with old man that was boss's, or uh, her uh, dad's co- uh, worker or whatever. Yeah, she was just trying some to get back bullshit. her dad. Yeah. Yeah. One cool one I had is Marlon Brando originally wanted to play uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's dad. That would have been awesome. Yep. He even called the producers and everything and was like, I want this. But inevitably they went with uh, Christopher Plummer instead. 
there's a cool science fact the the gypsy guy he mentions that jack was bit on march 8th and claims that the moon was at the closest to the earth it's been in 100 years and funny yeah funny thing is it turns out march 8th of 1993 was actually a super perigee moon or whatever the hell uh which means it's the closest the moon gets to earth during its orbit oh that's awesome that's rad as shit i hope they knew that maybe it was like an easter egg yeah yeah, yeah. uh and i had two bonus trivias i'll just throw in jack originally offered stanley kubrick the to, the 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 role to direct this and he turned mm-hmm. it down <laughs> i mean this this seems a little too silly for for yeah, I'm assuming that's why. And Kubrick did probably didn't want to do another, especially if it was Jack's idea. He's probably like, mm, maybe next mm-hmm. time, big guy. Let me see how this turns out. <laughs> right. And the last bonus I had was Fred Newman, who is most famously known as the voice of Nickelodeon's Doug. Mm. He voiced all of Jack's wolf howls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is, especially back in those days, like, voice actors would do a lot of Foley stuff, and like, monster <laughs> noises and things like that, so that doesn't it's, surprise me, but it's also just very strange. Well, it's just, like, that has to be a favor role, because, like, why wouldn't you just take a fucking wolf sound? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a stock sound effect or something. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's all I had, man. The movie's fucking great. The trivia is vast. I, like I said, I had just stopped myself. That was, like, eight of them or some shit I just said. Check it out, it's man. Good. It's kick-ass. Jack Nicholson and everything. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a, a single movie he's been in where he wasn't the best part, but that's the end of Wolf. And next time we record our next podcast, we'll be in the midst of spooky season, so stay tuned. Get your candy out. Turn the lights off if you want. And uh, <laughs> curl up with some dicks as we take you through some real bangers, I'm sure. Best time of the year, man. Hell yeah. Good night, everybody. And keep your doors locked on full moon. That's me howling. I don't hey, baby, know. I <laughs> and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Now let me see if I understand you. The problem I think you said. Oh my. And maybe I'm often misconstrued. But babe, I'll never pull your leg. Mercy. Just don't know what to do because the salads and scrambled eggs. Call them again. Quite stylish.
He was like a madman. He was a madman. I mean, he bit me. He actually urinated on my shoe. Urinated. He told me he would kill her, and I didn't listen. I didn't believe him. I blame myself. Did he say on his shoe or in his shoe? 